So tonight we are in our series, Words are the Keys. They're the keys to life. They're the keys to everything. They're the keys that unlock the door to everything we need in life. Words are the keys. Everything begins with what we say. You'll never change the way you think until you change what you say. You just won't. I've, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I've, I've had seasons where in the beginning of my walk with God where I didn't really take it serious. I heard it taught, but I didn't take it serious enough and nothing changed because I had a lot of baggage from the past. And to get rid of the baggage, you got to change the way you think. And so tonight I want to look at, I want to read a couple of our foundational scriptures and then I want to spend most of my time in just, in just one passage of scripture of about four verses, three verses, and, um, and just spend some time on it. So tonight I want to look at, in the Amplified Translation, I'm going to look at Matthew 16 and verse 19. And it says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what already is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. One translation uses the word forbidden. Everybody say forbidden. Whatever I forbid has to be what's already forbidden. Whatever I allow is what He already allows. It's allowed in heaven, then I can allow it. I have the power of attorney. I have the anointing and the authority to command it to be that way here on the earth. That's the power of words. Words are the keys to everything. Everything. I had somebody in the last couple of weeks ask me this question, talking about a daily routine of the Word of God, of declaring and confessing the Word of God. And they asked me the question, how long does it take for that to work or for it to, be, to, to, to really be established in your life? How long does that take? How long does a daily, daily routine and confessions take? And um, I gave him an answer, but later on I thought about it, and uh, I thought that's not all the answer to what I, the way I answered it. Um, and what I said to him was, until it becomes real to you, and that's true, but a daily routine is not something that ever has an end to it. If you're going to stay involved in what matters to God, your daily routine will never end. You know, in our world, in society, if if we start something, we want an end to it so we've accomplished it. And there's accomplishment in our daily routines, but it never quits. It gets so good. It gets so amazingly good. And, you know, a lot of times, and I've been doing this a long time, I've been in ministry and pastoring for, uh, pastoring this church for 32 years, and in ministry 
about, we were in ministry probably about 10 years previous to that leading up to pastoring this church, almost 10 years. And uh, in all the, all the years of ministry, I, I've, I've realized how that That taking what the Word will do for you literally is very difficult for people. It's, it's difficult for all of us at times. But the more you become accustomed to what it produces, it becomes a way of life for you, and that's when it gets exciting. To answer the person's question that asked me that, it's, it's until it gets exciting till you never get bored with it ever again. <laughs> because until then, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. And it's like, you know, is this really doing any good? It is if he said it is. But you remember, you remember, God's way of doing is not some multi-level marketing scheme that's going to make you a bunch of money or get you free and, and empowered in, in, you know, in uh, three weeks. And, and, and it's not advertised in the Word like that. You have to dig this out. <laughs> you, you understand? I, I mean, I've had people come to me and say, you know what, that thing that you talk about, a daily routine and confession of the Word, I don't find it anywhere in the Word. Okay? Okay, and, 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 and if you're not taking, you understand, you know, some people are shocked at times when they come here and they hear how many scriptures I use to make a point, because if it's just my point, it's no good, but what I'm giving you is what He's shown me, what's working in me, it's not perfected in me, it's working in me, and I believe it or I wouldn't teach it. And I, I, I'm just saying to you that understanding how words benefit you and produce for you, <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, the, I mean, taking literally the things that he says, like in James 3, 2, and I'll read this out of the, the New Living Translation. I mean, I, I've spent time in certain scriptures like this one right here meditating on it for weeks, weeks, and weeks, and months, meditating on one verse of Scripture. Because you'll never, you, can, you can read this Scripture 150,000 times, and the next time you listen to it, the next time you listen to it, you can get something you never heard before. That's how powerful the Word is. But this verse says, indeed, verse 2 James 3, 2, indeed, this is in the New Living Translation, we all make many mistakes. Duh. Okay, so get over it. Let's get over our mistakes and quit making so many. Amen? And, and how do we do it? By what I'm talking about. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, and that word perfect is defined absolutely as mature, not perfect like Jesus. That word means mature, developed. He said, if we could control our tongues, what we say, 
we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That's what it says. Another verse that we've read throughout this series, death and life, in other words, destruction or God's blessing is in the power of what we say. It's in what I say out of my mouth. I want to live a blessed life, then I change what I say to totally lining up with what He says. I don't do that, then it's death and destruction. Not, not, not necessarily dying, but not living under the benefits of God. You cannot hear one thing, say something else all day and all week long, and expect to live under an open heaven. It just doesn't work. I wish it did. Man, that'd be simple. All you'd have to do, do everything you could just to be at church so you hear it one time. Man, I heard it this week. It's enough. And then live like the devil all week long. I'm just talking about, you know, not, not, I mean, I mean, living like the devil is just giving into your flesh and everything that you do. That's what it is. No. Not the way God intended it to be. So, it's not hard, but it takes consistency. And it takes being committed to it until you believe it. That's what it takes. So, I just want to spend the next little bit in Mark chapter 11. Popular verse of Scripture. We've read it many, many times. I'm going to read it in two translations, but I'm going to spend a little time really dissecting this because I believe this is the key to... um, I, I I believe here lies the key to understanding how the Word benefits your life. Um, trying to think of a good example. Um, trying to think of a good example that's acceptable. <clears throat> but a lot of my spiritual growing up in 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 the Word, there, were, there was a lot of ignorance about regarding how people dealt with issues in their life with the Word, but what do you do till you believe? And in my early years of growing up, Everybody lied. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm strong. Faith in God. I mean, ready to collapse once they leave the presence of everybody else. But lying, saying everything is great when it's not. And there's a huge difference denying how a circumstance or a situation is versus having a confession and a declaration in your life of what God says is true. There's a huge difference. 
And in my early years of growing up in the faith, I mean, man, if you made a a negative confession, people would blast you. Oh, man, you're not living by faith. You know, so you didn't tell anybody. So you walked around with your continued baggage, you know, and man, you can't go and tell anybody and you can't, you can't go to a, you know, to some psychiatrist or somebody like that because then you're a freak show. Man, we do everything by faith. Well, we do everything by faith. But you can't call presumption faith. And when you're not in a place where you really believe it, and you're going to see it in this passage, just because of the way I've led up to this tonight, you're going to see it right here in this passage so very clear if your eyes are open and your ears are open to hear this. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many know that tonight? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But leading up to having and living in a life of faith, you have to be real with what's not working and what you're not sure about and go to God about it, talk to people about it. You know how, you know how real that is? That if, I, if, if Joey comes to me and he tells me that he's struggling in an area of his life and he, and he shares that with me and he pours his heart out to me about what he's... Do you, do you realize how much God can help that way? Versus him coming to me and telling me everything's fine and all this. And, and yet, in my spirit, I know he's lying. I mean, you just know. You know? How's it going? Ah, it's really, really good, really good. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, sometimes it's that extreme, but other times it's not. I mean, but you can just see the creases in people's face. There's a crease when things are not well. You know what I mean by that? You know. You can just see it. You can see it in their eyes. It, it's not right. And, and, and there's nothing worse in this life than living a life of denial about what's really going on. And I'm telling you, God already knows what's going on. And to feel like we can't be honest about things like that is, is such a negative working against us. We have to get it out. That's why the life of faith is a messy business. I mean, it's messy. Just think of, of, of the group that's sitting in here tonight. Think of all the stuff. I mean, if, if we, I mean we, we'd be here till sunup and beyond talking about the messes in everybody's life. Yeah, well, if you're going to be truthful or if you're going to just be a liar, we'll just go on. <clears throat> everybody's got messes. But God's in the mess cleaning up business. Amen? That's what He's here to clean us up. And the only way we can be cleaned up is if we develop within ourselves a life of faith and trust and confidence in Him. No other way. And I'm telling you the only way to do it is your words. It's the only way to do it. Only your words. And when does that become reality to you? When you keep doing it and you don't quit, and one day you just know. But then when you know, you get more radical. See, I'm more intense, am I not? I'm more intense about what I do with the Word of God today than I've ever been, and it's been 44 years. 
Huh? Just a little bit more, yeah. But I mean, I'm more about it than I've ever been before because I know when I believe something, he's coming to steal it in different ways. He, he stole from me before the word that had been sown, but he'll come in different ways to steal the word that's been sown, and now it's become reality on the inside of me. I mean, he'll, he pulls all the stops out to discourage you in every single way. I have to have the word all the time. I have to. I have to be aware of the Word and what the Word says to combat every thought or idea that comes to my mind based on what I see, hear, feel, my senses bring in to me and bring to me. I have to be able to combat those things on a day-to-day basis, moment to moment. And the only thing that will bring that, bring my life to that place is the confession of the Word. And, you know, we've talked about there's more to it beyond the confession of the Word, but there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you day to day if you're not doing anything with the Word you hear. He'll show you things when you hear something. You get excited, but there's no firm ground. The enemy will make sure you get robbed and stolen from. He'll make sure of it. And I'm telling you, the only one that can keep you from being robbed and stolen from is you. You doing what God's Word says to do, putting the Word to work. See, people misunderstand that and they think that, you know, it's all about works. It's about the working of the Word. It's not about your works apart from the Word. It's the Word becoming real and then your works backing up what you believe from the Word. See, that's what's so vital. And that's what is so misunderstood out there in the world, it's so misunderstood in the church world of how vital it is that you are that doer of the Word. What he said, life and death is in the power of the devil's hands. No, life and death are in the power of what I say. And I've had people say there's nothing about confession in the Bible. Man, I, I mean, in the series, we, we've, already, we've already touched on 25 scriptures. I've counted them. 25 different ones, and that's just a fourth of them. That's why we're going to go with this series through November. No, I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe. We need it. Did you hear me? Mark 11 <clears throat> and verse 22. Jesus answered and he said to them, to his disciples, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. Have faith like God. And the story leading up to this passage right here is the story of the fig tree. And, you know, we can spend a lot of time on why did Jesus curse this fig tree, and we're not going to get into that, but he cursed it and he walked away. And the moment that he walked away, the fig tree did not dry up the moment that he cursed it. Okay? So remember that in relation to what we're going to see in this passage right here. Okay? That's what he was saying about having faith in God is when you say something, remember he said, I only do those things that I hear and I see from my father. So when he cursed that fig tree... Father had told him, curse the fig tree. 
He was making a point to his disciples, you know. All the natural tree huggers didn't come out because he, he cursed this fig tree. Come on, everybody laugh. That's funny. I mean, that's really funny, right? They didn't come out and come against him and all this kind of stuff. He wasn't, you know, insensitive to the fig tree. Well, he can grow another fig tree. But he was making a point. He was truly making a point here about how to have faith in God. Now, watch this. Watch this real clear. I'm going to read this in the New King James, and then I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation because I believe the Passion will define it in a way that I'm saying it, then in the Passion will just back it up. So follow with me here. He said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, what does that mean? That means anybody, right? So whoever, any person that will say to the mountain. Now, I've been where they believe Jesus actually said this, and there was a mountain. There was a mountain in the background. Was he talking about the mountain? Not in relation to where the point he was trying to make. He was using the mountain as an example. A mountain in life, a mountain, an obstacle, something against you in life, something that, that, that seemed like it was like, in other words, if you were, if you were tra- where Jesus was when he spoke and cursed the fig tree, if he was going to another city on the other side of that mountain, it'd be very difficult to get there. So the difficulties in life, I believe, is what he's talking about. Whoever says to this mountain or these difficulties, Be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have everything that he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for, in other words, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Believe them. Believe that you receive them when? When you pray, when you ask, when you say what you're saying. Now, what is prayer? It's connection with God. Jesus said, I only do and say those things that I hear and see from my Father. So no matter what Jesus said and did when he was on planet Earth, he got it from Daddy, from the Father. And when he said it, it came to pass because he believed When he said it, it was going to come to pass when he said it, or he wouldn't have said it. When he told his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side, they got in the boat, they headed to the other side, and a tsunami hit. I mean, storm like no other in the Sea of Galilee. It hit. He rebuked the storm because, and he knew he had the authority to rebuke the storm because daddy had said, go to the other side. Well, we tried, but we couldn't get there. No, all you had to do was rebuke the storm. See, you know you have a right to rebuke a storm when daddy said, go to the other side, and the storm or the mountain is trying to stop it. Go back to that. He said, whoever says to this mountain, 
to this storm be stopped and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. The only thing that Jesus knew would be done and accomplished is the things that he said that Father said. So how do we, in this life, develop a relationship with the Father to the point that we know his every thought? Can we have that relationship? Can we have a relationship where we know every thought of the Father? Every word that he has for us? I say yes. And if we can know everything that he thinks, then when I find myself in a situation where there's an obstacle, a mountain, a storm, an issue that I am faced with, I have the right to speak to that storm. Now watch this. I have a right to speak to that storm if I believe that the storm will stop when I say it. But that doesn't mean that the storm, the mountain, the situation, like with the fig tree, Jesus cursed the fig tree and he walked away. They went with him. There was no report. Nobody said anything about a cursed, a a withered up fig tree. They go back into the city. They come back out of the city the next morning. They walk by and they notice that the fig tree had been withered, withered then. But when they were out there, there was no sign of, of a withered fig tree. In other words, the, the, the purpose is not that it was just one day. What he wants us to see is he wants you and I to believe that when we say something, it's going to happen. But the only way I can, get to myself, I can get myself to a place where I believe that what I say is going to come to pass is if I, on a day-to-day basis, declare what God says is so. Remember, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I know that, and I know it's true. And how many times on a day-to-day basis does it look like something is bigger than God? I don't care what it is. It cannot prevail against me if I believe that the greater one lives in me. And then, in so many words, I declare whatever I want to see when I say it, because I believe that's the way he sees it, and he wants me to say what he sees, and when I say it, it will not return void, but accomplish what it was set out to accomplish. But if I don't believe it, you can confess these kind of things to the end of of time, and nothing's going to happen. And when I started in the early years of a walk in faith and, and with God, when I started in the early years... That's what it's about. It was about throwing enough confessions at a situation to get them to change in the moment. Doesn't work that way because so much of the time, so much of the time, you never saw Jesus, you never saw Jesus in any of his healings. If somebody was down, give me your hands, stand up. He said, arise and walk. Or he just said, arise and walk. Or he grabbed him and and told him to come up. He didn't spend three and a half hours confessing the word over them 
he spoke and commanded them to come. And what happened? They came. Why? Because he believed it was right. He believed that what he said was going to come to pass. Thank you. You understand? You and I have to believe that what we say is going to happen when we say it, not when we, not, not when, not if I do enough to make sure that I got the word on it strong enough that it's going to change something. The word's already strong. The key to the word is believing that what you say is going to happen when you say it and, if it, and it, and if you're not believing that, then don't make some faith declaration over something that you're not believing in. Still stay developing your life and your confession and your daily routine and always stay on that. But the more I'm on that, the more I believe so that when I say certain things, they come to pass. Why? Because what I said in the moment is what he said is so. I'll say that again. What I said in the moment is what he said is so. And I got that from him because I spend the time every day in my daily confessions and declarations. Um, Becca, put that, um, put the, the beginning of the day confessions up for me, if you would. Don't you like that little words are the keys right there? Man, I like that. They did a good job of that. Can you put that up there? The words are the keys. There, beginning of the day, yes. <clears throat> so, so think about this for a minute about, about saying, I, I've, I've, I've said this every day, I'll just say on the low end, for 15 years. Every day usually more than once a day, I say this out of my mouth. And, and it, there's more, this is just a piece of it. I, there's more to it than this, but I just, I just wanted to, to go over this. And I want to make, I'm going to show you something about this. So, how does a daily routine of the confession of God's word cause me to believe? How does the daily routine of, of the confession of God's word cause me and, and enable me to believe in God and hear God's voice? It takes more than just the confession. And, and in our series right now on the Holy Spirit, on Sunday, we're talking about yielding to the Holy Spirit and understanding what that word yield really is. But, but here is, is what I, I want to show you as I say this. This is the day that the Lord has made. And just think about this. So you've woken up in the morning. You may not even feel like getting up. Maybe you get out of bed and it's one of those good days that you're going to the mall, going shopping or something, and so you're excited about leaving instead of it being a Monday morning and it's work or school or whatever it is, right? Or, you know, you know there's days when you're excited and there's days you're not, you know? But it's still the day that the Lord has made, is it not? I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. When has there ever been a day you didn't need to be able to draw from the mercy and the grace of God? Huh? Do you need to be reminded of that every single day when you're starting the day out before you get into all the mess that's out there? I rejoice today because I'm God's child. I've been filled with this spirit for greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Do I have some more after that? 
Yes. Today, he is greater than any problem. I say this every day. Today, God is greater than any problem, obstacle, or challenge, in other words, that I face. He gives me wisdom and insight to know how to handle any and every situation. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Think of all the places you go in and out of every day. You need to be reminded of believing. Man, you're blessed when you go in. You're blessed when you're coming out. You're going to bless everywhere you go because the blessing is on your life. I'm ready for anything. Watch this. I'm ready for anything, and I'm equal to anything through Christ Jesus. Not in myself, but through Him. Because I'm empowered with Him, there's not anything that can overtake me. I'm at least equal with anything that I face, and, and that means I can overcome. If, if uh, Eric and I are equal, if he and I are equal, and we're in a wrestling match, then, you know, it'll come right down to the end, you know, but if Eric's better at wrestling than I am, eh, he'll pin me, and, and it's over with. He'd let me win, though, because <laughs> I'm the pastor, yeah. <laughs> but you, you understand what I'm saying? But, but So we're equal to anything, and listen, if I'm equal to anything, I got the upper hand because I got him. And, 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 and the only way I got the upper hand is if I believe that I have him. And, and I, I really believe that his word is true and that it works for me. And it will never happen if I don't develop this daily routine. Did, did, did I have more there or is that it? <clears throat> uh, but at the end of that other one, I think I had a couple other things. Didn't I? Or not? Yeah, I, I, this, and this is what I like. I, I say this every day. I'm ready for anything, and I'm equal to anything through Christ Jesus. This day is a great day, and I always say at the end of that, and something good is happening to me today in Jesus' name. Taking the Word of God and making it and apply, or, or applying it to how you think and how you operate day to day is, is so much of the empowerment to navigate things in life. Because statements like that I'm reading to you right here, <clears throat> statements like this that I say every day, I mean, they come back to me constantly. When, when, when something is frustrating or something tries to get the best of me in a situation, I'll come, to, I'll, I'll come back to uh, statements like, um, <clears throat> that he gives me wisdom and insight to how to handle any and every situation that I face. Today, he is greater than any problem, obstacle, or challenge. So when I have an obstacle, I have a challenge, I have something I'm up, that, that I'm up against, how do I get over that? And you know, j 
just hear me out when I say this. This is very important that I say it like this. And then I want to read the Passion Translation of that verse, and I'll be through. But do, do, do do we need help to grow out of our issues? Do we need help? And we have the helper, right? So that means I don't need any person to help me, right? No, the Bible's full of people helping people, right? We, we, we need help to get to a place where the helper can really help us. Did you hear what I said? So... What you don't need is somebody that'll play into your issues and problems and, and actually condone what you're going through and keep you in that place. Or a person that will, that will, that will attempt to be helping you and then they keep you attached to them. No. No, no, no. No, you need help to know the helper and you need help as long as you need help, and people need to learn how to be sensitive. It's kind of like a child that's, you know, a nursing child that gets weaned. You just know when it's time they move on. And you got to progressively help them move on. Everybody needs help from some skin. But that help's got to be directed to the helper. Because if it's not... You won't know how to hear his voice in those times we want to speak things. They're going to cause the natural circumstances to change in ways like we've never seen before. I don't want another sick person to stay sick. You, you agree with that? Yeah. But, but I can tell you right now, If a person is physically sick and they're sick mentally in their thinking, their bodies won't get well, so their bodies need what? Medicine, doctors, this, that, that needs all kinds of things, and or it needs the anointing on us to help lead them to a place where they can receive. And that's why we have to believe this so we can help. How many are... have? Huge expectations for the miraculous today and the rest of our lives. I mean, these are the days that we're living in. Listen to me. Most of the time, the miraculous is not the spectacular. Most of the time. That's why anytime something happened with Jesus, what would he do? In all all those weeks and months that we went through the healing, the the, the 20 different documented healings in Jesus' ministry, he would always tell them, now don't go tell anybody. Because it wasn't about what he did. It was about the deliverance that came to the person, but he was more concerned about them having healing thinking. That their, their mindset was right, and it got developed, and, and, and they got set free in their minds so they could keep the healing in their body. That's why these things and this, these type of teachings are so vital 
that you get a hold of it. I don't care how many times you think you've heard this. You haven't heard like what I taught tonight before because I've never taught what I taught tonight before like I taught it tonight. But that's the Word. That's the power and the strength of the Word. Now listen to um, Mark eleven twenty two through 24 in the Passion Translation. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Think like God would think in this situation. Listen to the truth that I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea, and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced. That's, what, that's the word I liked in, in this translation. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. When? When you prayed it. When you declared it. When you spoke to a situation. Now, I'm just going to give you two examples and I'm done with this tonight, just for tonight. So, <clears throat> if... Let's just take, let's take our healing series that we did for all those, all those weeks and months. And you came out of the healing series and you heard about all the documented healings of Jesus and how many times in different ways that Jesus said, the works that I did, you'll do in even greater works. And so you come out of that and you get a report in your body of something that has attacked your body. I'm just using, I'm not saying that anybody necessarily has gotten a report in their body. Maybe you have. But I'm just saying, if you're listening to something and you're meditating on it, you're doing something with it, and then, then you get a report about something in your body. And let's say, let's say it's a serious report. Let's say that it's, you know, just use cancer for an example. The doctor says that, you know, you've been diagnosed with cancer and it doesn't look good. Let's just say that, okay? No, no. what I'm going to say to you is just, is, is the way I feel like God has shown me about people that deal in these type of situations, okay? Where I came from before in my walk with faith, if you got a diagnosis like that, man, everybody and their dog is going to hammer it with the word. Confess the word over the person. Is that wrong? No, it's not. You won't get hurt confessing the word, okay? But so many times through the years when there was a bad report, I saw the fear gripping the person with the report. I mean, just all over them. How many understand that? And how many know that if you got a report of something like that, that fear would be the first thought you had? I mean, it would try to grip your mind. Fear would try to do that. That's the way it works. And so... Am I disqualified because of the fear and because I've got doubt in my head? Absolutely not. I'm not disqualified from anything. You're n- Listen, because of the mercy and the grace of God, that's why I speak that every day, because of the mercy and grace of God, man, I stay qualified. Amen? Amen? I mean, I'll constantly disqualify myself if I choose to walk away from the Word. 
But man, because of the mercy and grace, I'm qualified. You're qualified. So if something like, a situation like that happens and fear is gripping your heart, and let's just say you came to me, Pastor, I've been diagnosed with cancer, and I'm trying to be strong. Yeah, I know you are. You're trying to be strong. But what's go- what, what you're going to find out in that moment is what you really believe. Right? Because until that time, you've had your, may- maybe, let's say for the last three or four years, you've had a daily v- confession. You have a daily routine and you've declared the word. Listen, I speak health and healing over myself, my wife, my family, this church body all the time, even when there's nothing not right. I mean, everything is right. There's not something wrong with our bodies. I speak it all the time. But you find out where you're at in your level of belief of God's word when the report comes. Because I promise you, fear will grip your head. But down inside of you, you'll all of a sudden realize you believe something that you weren't sure you would believe. And you know what? You know how I've told you that in the seed of the word itself is the ability to believe? My job is to declare that. See? So when the report comes and you begin to sense this thing arising on the inside of you, That is your manifestation. But you might find out that that level's low. All of a sudden, you're kind of remembering messages that I preached about that I've prayed for you every day or I've had daily confession every day for the last 10 years. And I've never missed. And the only reason I've said that to you is that I'm telling you it can be done. And you don't have to quit and get tired. And maybe all of a sudden in your mind, you start remembering the fact that you weren't as faithful as you knew you could be. Maybe there's some lower, it's lower on the inside of you, your your belief system isn't as developed as you thought it would be. So, what does God do? He takes the strong ones and He kicks the rest out? Huh? Huh? You don't know where you're at until you get in a situation like that. You think you know, but you don't know until you get a report like that. I'm talking about the physical body, but in any, maybe a financial state, you don't know until you get to that place. But I'm telling you, we're developing, because of our daily routines, we're developing a faith in God and His Word that will work for us when we need it. So, you get the report, and then what happens? Okay? Now, you decide what the next step is. Do I go to the doctor, or do I stand in faith and believe God? That's up to you. If you go to the doctor, you have a whole new realm of faith that has to kick in to deal with the doctors. Everybody say, the doctors are great. All doctors. Thank God for the doctors, the nurses, and all the people that are out there and all the help that they give to those that do these kind of things. But I'm saying they have a routine and a way of doing things that are going to go against what you're trying to develop, and you have to learn how to navigate that thing with God. 
not being ugly, not being offensive, but, but flowing with their wisdom and their understanding, listening along the way, but continuing daily to declare what God's Word says over your body. Because in the seed of the Word is your healing. And if your journey is to go to the doctor, then that's your journey. But you're still walking it out in faith in God and trusting God and trusting His Word all along the way. And if, and if it's you have surgery or you have to take some kind of medication or whatever you've got to apply to that, you're going to do it, but you're going to do it in faith. And every time you take that medication, before you take it, Father, I thank you that you are my healer in the name of Jesus. I thank you today, Lord, that your word is medicine to all of my flesh. I'm taking this natural medicine. I believe you told me to do it. But I thank you today my faith is growing. My, my faith is increasing on the inside. And this is natural medicine, but your word is real medicine to all of my flesh. That's where you begin to get passionate about what you believe. And you're not doubting. You're not in a place where you, you have no faith because you're doing what the doctors say. You're doing what God says. That's great faith. And what he wants is for us to get stronger and stronger and stronger in our belief system being so consumed with the true helper, the Holy Spirit, that what we believe we say is going to come to pass. What if you went through the whole process, all of a sudden they wanted to do surgery, and you came the next day and said, you know what, check my body again. Because along the journey, faith began to rise. Faith began to happen in your life. Run tests again on my body. We ran tests, we don't find any cancer. How many reports have you ever heard like that? I've heard hundreds of reports like that through the years. Listen to me. Thank God for the doctors. Many people be dead. Thank God for those type of journeys because many people would be dead because when they got hit with it, their faith level was so low, there was no way they could believe for that. But man, you get through something like that and you get on the other side. I've got a friend that's taken more chemo doses in his body than is allowed humanly, they say is even humanly possible, and he's taking it all, and he's alive and well and kicking, he's a pastor, and he's, he's going because God told him to take it, and it's worked, and they said he's a miracle. That's his journey, okay? Don't judge his journey. Don't judge, oh man, why, why didn't he do it? No, don't get off into that. Stay in faith in God, stay on the word, stay on what the Holy Spirit is saying, and I promise you, we'll overcome in every situation. Many are the persecutions and the things that come against the righteous, but my God delivers me from all of them. All of them, all of them. Don't judge a soul. Stay on the word, stay in your daily confession, because in the seed of that word is the life you need to handle anything that's coming down the road. Can someone shout amen?